well be like right you yeah, know another country another country right. so damn yeah well so I'm glad it all worked out me too good to see you yeah uh you want to introduce yourself are we live yeah oh do i need my you think i can uh yeah it? if you, you can pull it wherever just okay yeah cool. just, i mean it's pretty directional but yeah. yeah if you just talk right into the front of it yeah my name is uh greg rivera better known i guess as or also known as greg mishka and uh i uh i'm co-owner of a brand out of new york city called mishka nyc i live in la now how is it out here it's good, man. Compared I, to New York, I did um, thirteen years, fourteen years in New York. So I was, I was pretty much done after. I think that was enough for me. Yeah, and uh, you know, New York became really hard for me. It's just you know, I never really like, even though I was there for so long, I never really put any roots down. I had right. a brother live there for a while, but you know, I couldn't afford to buy a place. I, I was, you know, so I was like dealing with like rent going up every yeah. every year um you know my wife at the time you know my, my wife you know my girl we're, we're actually we've been together 15 years we're not married i was gonna we, say are you married i'm basically married you're yeah. legally married <laughs> i'm legally married yeah um you know she wasn't working and because she had worked for mishka for a while uh-huh. and um so she works in production so we needed to even for just for her, sorry about that. In TV production, TV production, yeah. yeah. So even for her, we needed a a change. You know, we 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 needed a change for her. Right. And uh, you know, we had the we had the store out here, so I was like, well, and it was it was it was wasn't doing so well, and, and so I said, well, maybe if I come out there, you know, I can put more right. attention uh, to the LA store. And um, but uh, I love it here now. I mean, the weather's great, and yeah, it's just way more chill and keeps yeah. me mostly chill so yeah yeah i was in new york for like nine years and moving out here was just i mean i'm also like not the like not a partier so like being able like coming out here we got like a house with a backyard and a garage for what we had for like a railroad apartment in brooklyn and finally got to get a car which i didn't really you know didn't really have out there and i love being out here yeah um you enjoy being at the store and like do you work there most days? What's well, your, the store's what's closed. Your schedule like in it's, LA? Yeah, there, we all we closed all our stores. Oh, really? Well, except for Japan and China, and they're run by distributors out yeah, there. Yeah. So besides that, yeah, we we ended up closing our LA store in April, I think. Yeah, I think oh, it's it been a few months now. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, in the past, I I you know the for the first year I lived here, I mean I had the office in the back. Right. I was traveling a lot, but. I would literally, you know, show up to the store around between 10 and noon uh-huh. and then stay there till the store closed. It just got difficult because when I'd wake up at 7, you know, stuff would just start getting going in New, right, York. New York. So yeah. the first few hours of my day, I was just working at home on my laptop. Yeah, that's what I, exactly what I did. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then I would go to the store and just sort of, you know, stay in the office, either have meetings or just right. kind of work from there. So, I mean, can you talk about what's changed with Mishka yet? I don't know how official or public things are, or like. Um, I mean, we're going through some we're going through some dramatic changes. Yeah. Like, you know, obviously closing the stores were huge for us. Um, you know, we've let go of a lot of our staff, so we have a pretty small staff now. And um, yeah, there's there's not much. I mean, we're we're definitely in a transitional period. I could yeah. say that, but nothing has been finalized we we had a couple you know sort of deals on the table uh, you know essentially what we're trying to look for now is you know we we tried to run the business ourselves for years and yeah. it just didn't work out and you know we just our strong suit is design and and then marketing and and essentially what we're looking for now is a situation where we can just focus on those two things which is design and marketing right and not um not anything else, you know. We're not we're not good at the back end. We're not good at production. We're not good at sourcing. We're not good at uh, operations. You know, <laughs> right. we just don't have that skill set. And just realized after all these years that we need somebody else to do it. So we're in negotiations with a few people. Um, well, one particular person to sort of you know I guess quote unquote take over things on uh-huh. that on that side. We had a couple other deals sort of fall through, but uh, we're still hanging in there. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, I mean, I I totally relate to that because coming on like coming from a creative field where you just like want to start a brand and then all of a sudden you have to like manage people and you have to like that's something i've been doing this for six, six years and i literally we just started using this program asana because i've been like sending people emails and then things don't get done and a couple weeks later i'm like oh wait did you ever do that and like things are just unorganized so you you become 
you take over this role of like you have to manage people and you have to like learn how to be a businessman when all you want to do is like make cool shit right and it sucks <laughs> yeah it totally sucks um do you guys have plans to do retail again or yeah we've um we've been thinking about it i mean you know i think um a lot of factors kind of come into play if we're going to open again i yeah. mean one being location um you know even though the, the the la store was a great location for us on la brea the rent was really high yeah. and it was good for marketing exposure but we didn't really get the foot traffic so it's one of those situations where it's like do we move to fairfax do we or do we move completely on some other street pay less rent right and still use it as marketing because the people that are generally our customers are just the diehard fans anyway right you know or do we do something you know because one of the things that i liked about having a store was having a gallery so is it like maybe we just do a gallery or maybe you know maybe we uh, expand what we're selling just so that it's not just Mishka. Uh -huh. Um, you know, we've experimented the idea of pop-up shops or, right. you know, um, in New York, you know, we, we had our store in Brooklyn, which was a great spot and sad that we had to move, but you know, it's like, maybe do we move into the city now? Do we go to some place more like Soho or someplace more right. that has a, a fashion, you know, forward area? Or do we move, you know, where you guys are like kind of the North side of Williamsburg to a more, you know, location where there's going to be more foot traffic and stuff. So, I think I think we're not nothing's planned yet, but I think if we when and we do open something, I think we're, it's going to be a lot more calculated yeah. as far as the location and the space, um, and uh, because right you know it, it's retail's great, especially with a brand like Mishka because we do have such a story to tell, and yeah. you know our clothing is so loud and and visual, and people walking into our store getting to see our influences like whether it's the art or the toys or the comics or the murals it sort of brings people into our world so they can understand the brand a bit more than it just being like a crazy t-shirt with a skeleton or something right. you know so um and then you know we're we're you know china's really big for us right now i mean we have about 27 stores there and i think they want to have 40 by the end of the year so you know, China's a huge market for us. Not that that's where we're putting our energy, but you know, it's it's, it's still pretty exciting to, to to know that by the end of the year, there's going to be 40 Mishka stores in China. Yeah, like Mishka private label stores or stores. Yeah, you guys are no, selling? Mishka private label stores. Holy shit! Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, I didn't even know there were 27 there now. Yeah, that's nuts. Well, China's still in the kind of uh, you know, there's not a lot of standalone stores in China. Uh -huh. It's it's still it's still shopping malls. So. You know, imagine like a like a van store right. in a mall. That's you know that's the closest I could compare it to. And you, yeah, and, and but it's way more stylized than that. But but people are very much go into going into shopping malls there. Um, there's still not a point where there are st there are standalone stores. I mean, you know, even brands like you know Black Scale has a standalone store. Right. Sir has a standalone store. Um, but they're in very you know sort of uh, expensive parts of town. Um, a lot of the people that are shopping there are either people who are super wealthy or I think the majority of people that shop there are are foreigners they're not necessarily local people right. so when we when we when we started pushing the brand in China our, our our idea was to basically push it to the local market with with keeping you know the integrity of Mishka so the majority of what you see coming out of China is going to be very on brand. I mean, it is a little, it is a little loud, and some of it is tailored to the Chinese market. Right. But more so than not, I mean, we have final approval of everything. Like they send us everything. So, and a lot, and, and all the, and everything is based on our artwork. So they just might take it and do something a little bit different that we wouldn't necessarily do for for the states or for you know our our collection. So it's their own. It's their distributors that open the stores and then they are essentially licensing the well, rights to to graphic stuff and stuff that you guys have made to kind of make something that they think makes sense for a Chinese customer. Yeah, so it's I mean it, it is literally a, an entire like a license it's almost it's a licensee licensor situation where right. they're licensing the brand and doing a Mishka China. So there's a whole staff there. Wow. So there's design staff, production, sales, marketing, everything. So Damn. we just give them designs, and then they have a whole team that puts together, you know, four collections a year. Uh -huh. And it's pretty amazing, actually. Like, I've been out there. Well, I've been out there a bunch, but, you know, I go at least twice a year. And, you know, the last time I was there, I, I was there during one of their um, – so they have they, – they still have trade – they still have essentially sales meetings and not a trade show, but a, but a sales – like a sales show. Uh -huh. So – 
they still the people and then people franchise the stores from them so they end up coming wow. to shanghai to look at the line and then deciding what they want to buy so the first so the last time i was there i mean they literally had probably about 20 racks of clothes of samples and crazy <laughs> and shit. i mean it was it and was pretty you hadn't seen like it's yeah, it was pretty impressive and right. pretty like wild. Wow, Just because so they're also, you know, designing like a full range from, you know, they're doing it very. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I can only compare it to sort of what they would maybe do in Japan or you know, in maybe like Korea, where. But especially from Japan, from my experience, is if you go to Japan, to a brand that, to to a domestic brand in Japan, it, it's funny how they seriously do almost every silhouette. Uh huh. And then decide if they make it or not. So, it's pretty interesting. That's right. like it's like when you go to Japan, you'll go to a store and you'll just see some crazy, like, silhouette that you're just like, what the heck? But it <laughs> right. but it happens to be popular at that time. Uh-huh. So they're trying to, you know, get in to to almost like appeal to everybody. Right. Yeah, we had that problem when we were selling to Japan where they, I felt like they were very. It, whereas like America, when we go to shows here, they really want to buy a lot and bring your brand into their store and build this relationship and i felt like japan was very trend driven and it was very specific pieces and they'd pick up a couple things and they didn't care about bringing like your store having a presence it was just about more the piece instead of the brand like buying in in japan we've never done anything with china or yeah so there's literally like mishka chinese exclusives that people don't have access to in america yeah that's crazy yeah it's pretty wild so how do you guys run America, do you do you do it seasonally, or are you guys kind of just dropping stuff when you're making it? Or um, is there I like mean, a we're still to... yeah, we're still. I mean, we're still more or less on a seasonal structure. Like I said, you know, things have been a little rough for us, so we're a little behind. Uh-huh. This is probably the first time that we've been behind like ever. Um, but we're still doing you know four seasons a year, especially a lot because because our, our our Japan distributor, it's it's straight up distribution. They're not really license. They're not manufacturing or licensing much. I mean. We let them license a few things, like, you know, for, like, iPhone cases or, or stickers or things that they can easily right. produce. But as far as clothing, you know, they're still looking for our collection to sell in Japan. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're essentially on, like, a, you know, four-season, you know, delivery. And as far as, like, I saw you guys recently dropped a couple, um, like— I don't know if I want to name names, but T-shirts you guys have done that are, I'm guessing, not official. Well, I, mean, I know you guys have been doing stuff like that for a while. Is that just... Yeah, I mean, I probably won't comment too much on that. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, look, uh, you know, the, the streetwear, you know, the, the the sort of the the kind of nature of it from the start was sort of this, like, flipping logos and right. parodies. And, right, of course. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely think that, you know, we, we, we've we've done that. We continue to do that. Because you know, I know you guys are bigger than when you started, so I don't know if a lot sure. of that was more official now or if it's I stuff mean, some of it's licensed, some, some of it isn't. You, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, you know, we do these timed releases. They're sort of there for a couple of days, and then they're gone. Yeah. Um, you know, the kids seem to like it. Right. You know, it's uh, – it, and some of it's really fun. I mean, you know, it, it's uh, – I think it's just sort of you know keeping almost the spirit of of the kind of this the the sort right. of lifestyle alive the, vibe. Live, the yeah. vibe and you know like I said they're super limited and we do them so quick and not going to do them again that it's yeah you know it, it's gray area I'd right. say that <laughs> yeah we did a couple we got we did like a Harley one and got a cease and desist and yeah just dumb I was like I mean some would. yeah some yeah Harley is a tough one because they you know they're very much right. you know About out there brand. you yeah. know the same with Jack Daniels uh huh. Um, Disney is yeah. super, you know, uh, on top of that, right. you know, or like in certain properties, like, well, maybe, yeah, Disney, but more so like Star Wars, uh-huh. I've heard is like, they'll go after anybody. Damn. So, yeah, some of you have to be really careful of than right. others, you know. Um, as far as, I mean, obviously you've been doing this for a long time. Uh, where do you think things are headed? Because we've, I mean, I, speaking from our brand, we've... We started about six years ago. We've done wholesale on and off. Um, and we're at a point now where this past spring, uh, spring summer season that just passed was the last season we're doing wholesale. Um, and we're really, it just feels like, and at the last podcast I did was with Coop and we kind of talked about whether or not we felt like the internet was helping or hurting um, artistic careers just because it made, you know, there's less barrier to entry for anyone can call themselves an artist, a photographer, whatever it is. Um, and at the same time, it gives people a platform to, you know, get out in front of people where they didn't have that before. 
Um, and I've kind of, that's kind of made us recoil a little bit and want to be a little smaller and tighter and more special. Um, we stopped doing wholesale. So now we're really, um, putting more time into retail. We want to open a lot more retail stores and kind of, like you said, we like having that experience with the customer where they come in and they feel it and that you can talk to them and explain it and they get it. And I think they become a lot more invested than if they're, you know, shopping online or see it in another store where God knows whose salesperson is trying to sell your shit. Mm -hmm. They don't know what they're talking about. Um, and, uh, I know there are a lot of uh, brands that have been going direct to consumer, um, a lot of big men's fashion magazines like details just closed. A lot of print is closing. Um, department stores having trouble and being notorious for chargebacks and hurting brands, you know, and making sure they make every dollar. What do you think from your experience? Where do you think it's going? You think it's all going to be online? Do you think it's important to have retail? Do you think it's, it's a shit show and there's just nine bajillion brands and who fucking cares anymore? Or? I, I mean, I think there's a couple things I think. I think that, yeah, I think the trend to move towards, you know, um, like kind of direct to customer is is definitely a trend like for a lot of brands. I mean, for us especially, I mean, we've, you know, a as we saw our wholesale decrease, we saw our online stores increase. Yeah. And not necessarily because we wanted to cut out wholesale. Like I, see, I, I my, my thing is like we've, we're probably going to do the same thing, but at the same time, like, I'm not going to not take people's money. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. if somebody wants to buy something and put it in their store, I'm more so than not, I'm going to say yes. I think, I think how we're going to change and probably how you guys will change and a lot of brands will change is like, we're not going to base our, we're not going to base our sort of brand and sales on wholesale, right. which is we did on the, which we did in the past and it kind of really fucked us because- yeah. You know, for instance, you know, we were doing close to two million a year with Karma Loop. And when uh -huh. that stopped, that really hit us really hard. And it set us sort of in a downward spiral that we were never able to really recover from looking back. And, you know, this was when we were probably doing about eight million dollars. So it was it was like a quarter it was a it was a quarter of our business. So it really hit us really hard. And I think that that's really where things are going to change a lot is I think a lot of brands are really realizing that they can't base their brand on wholesale, you know, because, you know, you look at even some other brands, not naming names, like I know for a fact there's certain brands that like where Zoomies is half their business. Uh -huh. And so if Zoomies went under, they would really have to change the direction of their brand. And, and, and some people are already starting to do that. So I think the I think that what's going to happen in the future is I think, like you said, people are going to tighten up their ship and they're going to say, okay, how can we survive with just our customer and then kind of grow from there? Like, you know, if I don't even know, but I'm like, you know, if, if Barney's or opening ceremony or, or some store came to you in a year and said, Hey guys, like, I know you're not doing wholesale, but we want you to do a special collection for our store and have a shop and shop. I'm sure you guys would say yes in a heartbeat, right. you know? And I think that's sort of where the directions are going to go. And I think that's what, you know, stores because, and I also think it's the brand too. Like, I think there's certain brands that just don't do well at wholesale. Like, you know, like you said, like having that salesperson trying to push something they don't understand or that yeah. the store doesn't want or need. So maybe a, maybe a Felrager, maybe a Mishka isn't, isn't necessarily a brand that you can wholesale because right. it is too special. It's so its own, it's its own sin. So I think, I think it's going to take a lot of like guys like us to say, okay, we tried the wholesale thing. It's not really working. We're going <laughs> to focus. And then, you know, there's a lot of kids coming out now that are just like, fuck your store, fuck your boutique. Like we're going to sell shit. Like, how we want, you know, right. like, you know, Eric, um, Renetti turned me on a brand called FTP, fuck the population where it's like, you know, these are like young kids, like get running a truck and parking out in front of Supreme on Fairfax, you know, <laughs> right. and having kids line up down the block, you know, very much based on their Instagram and their social media following and doing things outside the box, right. you know, having, having special releases, doing things, making limited editions, you know, basically saying, you know, fuck what you're supposed to do. We're going to do it our own way. And I, and I think you're going to see more of that. And that's where you're going to see the success because, um, you know, and I think more, and I think once brands that have been established sort of um, transition themselves into a brand that says like, okay, we're not going to do wholesale or we're only going to do special releases with stores and, you know, our focus is our online and our retail stores, I think that's going to be more of the dynamic of, 
even people coming, you know, coming along. So that's kind of where I see things going, where people yeah. are just, you know, essentially going to have to tighten up their ship and say, you know, we don't, maybe we don't need to have, uh, you know, somebody who who's working marketing that deals with print because it doesn't it doesn't exist or doesn't right. matter. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, that that's basically you know yeah. what I see. And you think kind of the same thing in marketing for a brand? You think it's kind of, I mean, obviously, I mean, even when we started, we were doing uh, print ads in some of our favorite magazines and working out deals and stuff where, um, you know, I, I love print. I collect magazines still to this day. Like I love buying magazines and having physical stuff. Um, do you think it's really just going to go all, well, you know, the way, continue you that, know, that I think trend? the very basic thing with print is people, you know, people have always said consistency, you know, like. I could ask you a question like, what's on the back of a Vice magazine? Uh, what's on the back cover of a Vice magazine? An ad. <laughs> but which ad? Uh, American Apparel. It's always oh, American, right, Apparel. American Apparel. It's been American Apparel for years. Right, right. You know, so that's, I mean, not everybody remembers it, but it's like, you know, the next, right, now, the next it. time you'll see a Vice, right. like any time you turn, like any, any, any time for years, uh-huh. if you, Turn over a Vice magazine, there's American Apparel ad for years. Yeah. That's the only way print ads work is it has to be consistent, has to be continuous right, placement. You put your time in. I mean, it has to just be continuous. It yeah. has to be to the point where somebody knows they're going to turn a Vice magazine over and they're going to see an American Apparel ad. That's right. the only way that shit works. You know, other than that, you're just sort of like, like you said, you know, you're, you're, you're doing, it's almost like a, uh, you know, you're advertising in Thrasher, you're advertising in this smack advice or, or wherever you're advertising just because you're like, oh, fuck, this is so cool to have my ad in right. like, this magazine. But right. it doesn't really mean anything in the, in the end of the day. You know, um, print's still big in Japan and uh-huh. in Asia. It's still, you know, pe- you know, but that's also because of the schedule that they're on. So, you know, they're sometimes even printing before somebody posts something on a blog. Right, before you know? stuff's coming out. But... Even even in Japan, where it's been such a huge thing, it's a it's even going down. Where, you know, blogs are in you know social media is becoming more of the, you know, of the thing. Right. Um, I mean, so do you? I mean, maybe this is a hard question, but do you think that's a good thing? What the internet has done, and that kids now can use their internet fame to make more money than a brand that's been around for ten years, or? <laughs> I mean, I think the question if the internet's a good thing is like kinda loaded because yeah. it's like there's you just know, too many places just to too, go. It's just too many. It's it's good. You know, there's you could we could have a you know we could have like hours you know day long discussion right. on like what's good about the internet and what's bad. Right. Um, I think if anything, it just it it, it makes you have to do business differently. Uh-huh. You know, um, no one ever thought Supreme would have a online store. Right. And. That you know, they did that before the whole Tyler the Creator thing popped off, which I think kind of gave them new breath. Uh-huh. But at the same time, you know, I know for a fact that a lot of their business was a lot of gray market to places like Hong Kong, right. and now that's changing because of the internet. Because you know, people since people can buy Supreme online, you know, almost almost everyone could get what they need. Or it's to the point now where you're like okay, well, why should I wait in line for a day to get something that I could basically buy on eBay the next day for just a little bit more? Right. It's not it's not how it used to be. Um, so it definitely forces you to, like, figure out how you're going to, to, to change your brand. I mean, it's it's there. It's going to be there. I mean, you could talk <laughs> about if it's good or bad. I just think it, it just, if anything, you just have to adapt the way that right. you do things. And I think people are learning that they have to do that um yeah I mean, yeah I, it's definitely not easy for a brand that's been there before the internet has such a presence or right, before doing it a certain way yeah i mean you know perfect example is like we have a hard time selling small you know like let's say pins pins are such a huge thing now but you know we're still trying to figure you know we're trying to we, we we've never figured out a good way to s- sell small items on our site so if someone wants to buy a pin, they have to basically pay like the full price shipping. Right. So it almost has to be something that's added to an order where, you know, there's plenty of kids out there throw, you know, having free shipping because they're throwing something in an envelope for a quarter or they're paying the 250 to ship it and they're buying the pin for 50 cents and they're only making like a dollar right. on it, you know, or $2 on it. And yeah. they're totally fine with that because 
they're selling it's just some kid in his room and he's selling 500 pins and making a thousand dollars so right. he's cool you know what i mean right or or you have to deal with the amazons who you know i got into this sort of the other day with a kid who was like upset about like an order or something and i said look man i mean you know like we're not amazon i mean amazon's great i mean amazon it's like the greatest thing it's like you know i can order this cup on amazon it comes to me broken they'll send me a new cup before I, and then maybe come and pick up my broken cup. Right. You know, and obviously it's so hard to compete with that. Right. <laughs> right. That's a good point. Um, what about you personally, aside from the brand? Um, obviously you have a lot of hobbies. There's a lot of stuff you're into. Um, I guess, how does that work into the brand and kind of what you do and what you, as far as your art and some of that stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, um, I guess a few years ago, I just I decided to start doing my own art again. I mean, I never really stopped doing art, but I guess you know, definitely for a time being, I was so much focused on Mishka that I sort of stopped doing anything like kind of creative because I was I was running more of the operations of things a uh -huh. lot of the time. And um, yeah, you know, like in the past few years, I've definitely been doing my art a lot more. Um, some of it's been incorporated to Mishka. Some of it's just sort of been my own thing. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think part of my just who I am, like, I'm, you know, I'm a collector and, you know, I'm sort of like a treasure hunter in a sense of just like looking for things. And, you know, I'm always using what I find as inspiration for either designs or uh -huh. just, you know, some, you know, some sort of dynamic of the brand. Um, you know, it's hard because Mishka's always been such, in my opinion, such a collective of different artists. So I, I can't say that right. what I do particularly particularly would always affect the brand. But, you know, I guess there's definitely sometimes like my input could definitely go take take things in a certain direction. I mean, do you think that, uh, that uh, I guess, a brand, a, a vibe of a brand changing over time? maturing as the owners and as the designers mature you think that's something that happens or should be kind of like is that a is, has that been an issue at all as you guys have gotten a little older have you guys wanted to make anything differently than when you know do you guys um, fight kind of no i mean we we had we had in the past but i think you know a couple of years ago we just sort of decided that you know what mishka is is i don't know i think we got mishka at a certain point as far as its aesthetic, and I think either, you know, I guess we could change it completely, but we're sort of like, if it's gonna stay like this, it sort of needs to be like this. Like, uh -huh. we can't really change it based on our personal, right. um, you know, preference. It sort of has to be, okay, what do people see Mishka as? What do people expect as Mishka? And, you know, there's definitely things that we could throw in there that are sort of our sort of, things that like we're into but a lot of times i think it ends up becoming like what the customer expects and, right. and what we're sort of gonna do to sort of keep the brand on the level on the level yeah. yeah uh what about i don't know how much you're willing to talk about this but you're pretty public about politics and stuff yeah online yeah um uh let's see how how can i word this um is there any of that that you can speak to a little bit um, as far yeah, as I mean, wh I'm, what you think is well, going on? I mean, I've, I've definitely been a little more outspoken on social media recently than I have in the past. And when you're um, on Facebook, too, because you're on Twitter and everything we post is just yeah. one-liners, and I'm like, keep trying to keep yeah. up, and I'm like, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, um, I've always been, like, socially, well, I wouldn't say always, but I say, I guess since I was, like, a teenager, you know, when I got into punk rock and sort of started getting into the more, like, political side of it, right. you know, I, I, I became, you know, more socially conscious in general because, you know, punk rock has such a, uh, for the most part, a very political kind of viewpoint, whether it's, like, you know, fuck the cops, fuck religion, fuck the government, you right. know. Um, you know, anarchy, equality, all this shit. And you sort of, you know, you start to like kind of, you know, I, I started to delve into that as a teenager. You know, I, I did, I, I was part of different groups. I did things like Food Not Bombs. I I was part of, you know, like groups to free political prisoners. I was doing animal rights activism. Um, you know, I was, I was organizing and doing things of that nature, trying just to get people more politically and socially aware. Um, you know, obviously a college, college is also a hotbed for just, 
you know, you, you start to hopefully become more of a critical thinker and right. question things and, and not necessarily accept the norm. Um, and, uh, you know, I've also been a bit of, I've always been like a bit of a conspiracy theorist, you know, um, I always, you know, I was like, you know, the Illuminati, the Freemasons, the, the, you know, one world government. And, and, you know, what's, what's been crazy to me is recently, I'd say in the past few years, sort of everything that, not everything, but a lot of the things that sort of the conspiracy theorists and the psychos were talking about kind of like all manifested itself recently you know with the crash in 2008 and just with the way politics are going and 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 and, you know talk about one thing about the internet one thing that's good about the internet is you know news happens so quickly and people can't get away with things like they used to you know you you watch like old like you know and and you want to talk about like sort of the, the, the 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 environment we're in now i mean the story and the narrative changes like sometimes like by the hour, you know, if not in the next day or two, you know, so you watch like, you you know, you watch like old, like I, you know, I was watching a a thing about like the old presidencies and like, you know, there was this, there was an issue that I, I mean, I was too young to remember, but you know, when Reagan was going against Dukakis, there was, they, they had, they had put out this lie that Dukakis had like seeked help for depression uh-huh. And that was a huge controversy, and people to this day like still think that that cost him. That was one of the things that cost him the election, you know. And if you think about it, like back in the, even in the eighties, there was there was nothing. There was no other way for you know anyone to react quickly about it, or to, to anyone to have any concern. And it's like now people can react and respond and you know everyone's favorite thing to do when they're in some argument on the internet is is throw somebody a link to something right and as much as i hate it i mean it's essentially you can click on the link and sometimes it's full of shit but but a lot of times it's like okay here's here's somebody that articulated a story or is is saying facts or is doing this or is doing that on both sides right um so i think i've just been recently more outspoken just because you know i feel like people are still kind of sort of locked into this way of thinking. And I guess my whole thing is I just want people to look and think of things a different way because, um, you know, we're in a really hard, you know, time, you know, a climate politically because, you know, we had someone like Obama who really changed um, the kind of the way that young people looked at politics. They saw Obama a black man, a very, you know, very well-spoken, articulate, kind of down-to-earth, saying things that people wanted to hear, gave people this sort of sense of hope and, and, and things. And, you know, after eight years of Obama, everyone's kind of like, well, he wasn't as, like, he kind of was just, like, the same. I mean, right, he didn't he really, yeah, he didn't really, he, he, you know, and then you start looking at it, and you're like, well, he's the same because they're all the same, essentially. Like, they're all very much like, propped up by like big banks and by like you know wall street and by you know money and power and you're like kind of like okay well this thing is this whole system is kind of rigged and you start to kind of like see through the kind of lies and you see through the sort of like you know kind of like the happy face sort of uh, and you know, like like what's going on in the front of the scenes is like all happy and good, but really behind the scenes, it's pretty evil. Right. Um, you know, I don't think anyone thought Trump would would do. You know, everyone obviously from the beginning thought Trump was a joke, and you know, and and even still to this day, people aren't sure. Like, is he working for Hillary? Right. I mean, because you know, he says some pretty radical things. He talks about globalism. He he talks about you know how he's you know he wants to to to. To, to sort of like bring back these sort of trade deals that on both sides, you know, you know, anybody could look at and see like, yeah, this wasn't good for America. Like America lost a lot of jobs, like America, um, you know, like basically sold out its fucking people to other countries. You know, you look at like even his stance on immigration, like, you know, he says ridiculous things, but at the same time, I mean, you, you have an issue with, with illegal, you know, and undocumented immigrants. Right. You, you have an issue where, you know, people can still come to this country and have a kid and their their kid is an American citizen. You know, and you see that, you see like, you know, an upspike of, of 
women from China, even not just even like Mexico, you know, and you know, you do, you do have people. So, so the issue is like, you know, any, you know, you talk to any American and most, most part, they're going to be like, yeah, like people should come here legally. People should, you know, it's like, we're a nation built on immigrants. You don't want to say get rid of immigration. It's like, you might as well take down the Statue of Liberty. It's like, that's what this country is built on. But, you know, at the same time, no one's going to really argue and say, well, you know, people should be vetted. People should have, people should come a legal way. You know what I'm saying? And I think there's an issue with people coming legally. Okay, fine. But then, you know, you have someone like Trump just saying like the most racist, most inappropriate things and and sort of like, you know, kind of just like diary of the mouth where he's just saying things the next day, next day realizing, you know, maybe it wasn't the best thing to right. say, you know, not being empathetic, not being compassionate. But then you have, you know, but, th- but then you have the other side. You have Hillary who, you know, is just has like, you know, has a track record, you know, has, you know, you could list a long list of just things that are just horrible about her. And, you know, my thing is like, you you know you can't you can't look at like one or the other you can't say okay well i'm going to vote for hillary though cuz you don't want trump because then in my opinion you're just sort of voting out of fear and you're right. saying like well i don't want you know I, I i want the lesser of two evils even though you know she's pretty evil and i and i think i think really the debate you know and 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 so you know i've i've always been for third, you know, I've always been for third party candidates. I've always been, you know, for me, I think you really need to support the people that are going to really, you know, are really going to be what you believe in. And I think it comes down to is like, you know, I think a lot of the people who are so get so angry at who's going to be the president. It's like, if people, in my opinion, and you might've said this, or other people said this, like, I just feel like if you took that same energy and actually put it into something beneficial for right. like your your community or your you know or your or, or your world in general, I just think that thing the world would be a better place because, you know, I just think that it, it just becomes very divisive, and I honestly don't think that things are going to be. I don't think that our life is going to change too much under a Trump or Hillary presidency. I think that. You know, I mean, there are obviously issues with Trump that I'm worried about. I mean, I think that there's issues with, you know, on a personal level with, I think, you know, just even because I do business with China, I think that there's issues there. I think that the rhetoric he spouts is very dangerous because of, you know, because of the way that the media sort of portrays it and, and, and pounds on it. And, and then, you know, um, you have like somebody in the, you know, you have somebody that just sort of says, yeah, Trump's right. Like we should ban all Mexicans and Muslims. And it's like, he never said that. Right. And so you have almost people like doing and saying things that these people don't even believe. And, you know, you have like bros yelling at, you know, just, you know, hardworking (laughs) citizens. And so I think it's really complex and complicated. I just think that it's important to sort of get all the information out there and, sort of not just be so reactionary to a headline or a post and really just critically think. And, and you know, and, like, I've recently also, like, I just want to sort of I, – I try not to get in too much d- debates anymore. Like, I sort of want to throw things out there, but I don't want to, like – the last thing I want to do, especially of recently, is, like, I don't want to tax somebody else for their beliefs. And I think that that's the uh-huh. most important thing is a lot of people on both ends want to attack somebody – because they're they're either support Trump or they support Hillary, and I think it's important to to let people support who they want and have discussions with people that are sort of productive. Because you know, like I'm on the fence who I'm going to vote for. I don't know who I'm going to vote for. Like I, I've said that I'm never going to vote for Hillary. I've also said that I'm not going to vote for Trump. You know, and it's like. I don't know, like, am I going to vote for a Gary Johnson? Am I going to vote for a Jill Stein? Like, I don't know. And I don't know that it really, I don't know at the end of the day if it really matters for the future of the country because I think that if you are against injustice and you're against oppression and you're against, um, you know, whatever, crony capitalism, globalism, right. you know, uh, you're against, you know, uh, bunk trade deals. It's like, you're going to be against those regardless who's going to be president. And, you know, it's, it's not going to change too much. And, and, you know, and, and, and it just sucks because someone like Hillary, I mean, like it's, she's like the fucking, I mean, it's like, I just, I like how the whole, you know, that 
it's sort of been brushed over that 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 the the emails that some of the emails that were released like um basically proved that like they'd been funding ISIS and giving money to ISIS. And it's like, it's so fucked up because it's like that shit that people have been saying for years. And it's been conspiracy that, you know, that, that basically the, the U S government was the one that basically, basically created ISIS. And it's, and, and it's just, it's so fucked up because then it, cause then it starts playing into like, you know, and I've been guilty of myself, like playing into the fears of like, you know, radical Islam and like extreme. And so you have like people who are Muslims being like, this doesn't represent Islam. And then you have fucking people fucking blowing themselves up because of Islam. And it's like, well, who, who do we believe? And right. it's like, would these people even be react? Would, would these people even be radicalized without the U S government? So it becomes very like complex and complicated because, you know, it's like people, people are so, you know, people are like, you know, so for me, it's like, why would I want like, a warmongering president who says things like, you know, we came, we saw, we killed, like in regards to Libya, right. and who you know is just gonna like keep the fucking military budget at astronomical rates, you know, continuing continuing campaigns that are basically for, you know, for profit and, and killing innocent people. You have a knucklehead like Trump who is fucking racist, who, you know, has talked about using nuclear weapons. It's like, why would I want to vote for either of those people when I have candidates who, who, you know, like someone like Gary Johnson, who's like, you know, don't get involved in, in foreign conflict, legalize marijuana, you know, fucking, uh, you know, make, uh, you know, get, get rid of government waste, you know, right. support, you know, support women's right to choose, support, uh, the, you know, uh, uh, the LBGTQ community, you know, so it's hard because it's like you know it's hard because you you want to look at you want to look at it two-sided but for me i want people to look at all sides of it and really think about who do i really believe in and who am i going to be comfortable believing in whether they win or not and am i going to continue to fight and trust me man like to me sometimes i think to myself but yeah maybe it'd just be easier to vote for hillary because then it would just sort of be like the status quo but then to me it's sort of like you know, that's just me sort of living in the matrix and just pretending that it's like right. not that it's that everything is real when it's really not. Well, that's why I mean, I feel like at some point you're just, you know, you start going down the rabbit hole and there's no end to, you know, how deep you can go. I mean, does any part of um, like I'm almost at the point where I'm, I both candidates are so fucked and third party, I get it. But I'm like, I, you know, neither of those candidates at this point have Jill or uh, um, uh, Johnson. Um really have any chance it comes down to like supreme court for me like does that come into play at all when you're does it get past the candidates where you're like they all fucking suck what else you know like what's the next i mean i don't i mean yeah like again like i'm not gonna say that somebody's see to me like i i don't you have to look at it this way like you should i mean anyone that's going to be on the supreme court like any judge has sort of like um they're supposed to be non they're supposed to be non-biased right. they're not they're not supposed to let their personal opinion uh influence law right so i mean it's it, to me it's kind of a moot point because you you it's like you're almost saying like okay well this this somehow there's some conspiracy that this candidate is going to choose judges who are, are who are unbiased it's kind of like you know, you never know, like, you you know, you never know if you're going to go in front of a judge who, you know, you're hoping that that judge is going to be non-biased, but you never know. Right. I mean, it's like going to a doctor, like, you might go to, like, a doctor, and he might, it might turn out that he, like, drugged you and, like, raped you, and, you know, but you never, you didn't, ex- you know, this, right. this same doctor. doctor took the Hippocratic, or whatever, the, the hip- right. Hippocratic, Hippocratic oath. oath, that they're, you know, that they're gonna not going to hurt you and take care right. of you. It's like, you never know. So for me, like, I don't think of it, I think of it kind of a moot point, because to me, a judge is supposed to be impartial and unbiased, and, you know, I, I have to just, like, I have to do my best to believe in the, the you know, the judicial right. system, or be like, I'm against it completely. And the whole fucking system right. needs it's to be. But, you know, I'm an American man and I'm a proud American. You know, my father came here from Puerto Rico. He was proud to be American. Right. You know, like I love the country. I, I believe in the Constitution. Like I think we're I think it's a great country. I, I believe in the free market. I mean, 
of course I do. I have I have my own business. Right. You know, like I'm not I'm not a communist. I'm not a socialist. Like I I I believe in what this country is about. I mean, we're a young country. We're an experiment. You know, and but I think it's the greatest country in the world. Not because I'm some fucking like you know nationalist asshole, but like I've been to other countries and I've been to other parts of the world, and I know that people, you know you know, kill themselves to come to this country because right. it's such an amazing country. And and what we're about in our ideals of free speech, free press, free religion, you know, um, the, you know, the, it's just something that, that had, that had never been done in, in, in the world. Right. And, and I think that it's a very special place. So, I mean that, you know, I, I don't know, maybe I've become more patriotic or more like that over the years, but I, but I just, I, I, I truly believe that and, and, and believe in this country and think that it can, you know, I don't want to be like, it can be, I, I think that it is sure. great and could be even greater, but I think that our government since, you know, the the forties and fifties have fucking sold us out to 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 corporate interests to to foreign interests to big banks yeah. and you know I think that you know we we live in a, a totally different fucking world now and it scares me that people are just you know people are open to give their rights away people are very you know open to fucking you know just be totally like a sheep and like not have their own opinion, not think that they should work hard, that they think that everything should be giving to them. When like, you know, our, our, our fathers, our grandfathers, our grandmothers, our mothers, like they fucking work so hard for us and for the, you know, to be better. And it's just, it's, it's, it kind of sucks that the generation now just really doesn't have that same, seemingly that same ethic, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, man, we'll see what happens. And, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna chill probably a little bit, but you know, I gotta. I mean, recently I've been very sarcastic, but um. And I saw how pro yeah. Hillary. You've been <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I started to think like, what's I was like I was like maybe I should be on brand. Like, what would Greg Mishka do? You <laughs> right. know. So I was like, maybe Greg Mishka's pro Hillary. Right. So that's that's kind of. But Sweet. you know, the other thing too is like we you know we ha- I have a friend who works you know for the Brookings and you know he he they 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 interview a lot of people for polls and stuff and. Uh-huh. He told me that it's it's really the media is the biggest sort of I don't say culprit, but they're the ones who are going to determine the election, one hundred percent. Because, which is scary in a way, but it's also the reality. Like you know, for instance, he was telling me when the whole email scandal happened and Hillary w- went in front of the FBI and she was cleared of all charges, her her approval rate went up. Uh-huh. Two weeks later, as the media started to talk about, well, was it fair? You know, she 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 maybe she didn't lie to the FBI, but she did lie to the American people because she said none of the emails she sent were classified, right. and the FBI said that they were. Then all of a sudden, her approval went went down because we were like, you know, so it's 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 super manipulated by the, you know, the media to the point where you know when I you know moving to California and and, and voting for the first you know in the primary a few months ago, it's like. I woke up to the fact that Hillary had already won the nomination, even though I hadn't right. even voted for Bernie yet. And so it was pretty disheartening to be like, well, why the fuck am I even going to vote if she already won right. the state, you know, yeah, or whatever. I walked in there wondering if my vote was going to get counted. Yeah, so it's <laughs> kind of like, what's what's almost like, what's the fucking point? And, and, you know, you could say it's a conspiracy, but I, you know, I think that was something planned by, you know, pro Hillary news, the news outlets. Like, they're like, we're going to do this, right. you know? And so it's like, it's just hard because, like, regardless what you feel about Trump or Hillary, it's like you're gonna get. It's like it's like the fact that people are gonna be manipulated is just so fucked up to me. And I guess I want to do everything I can to not be manipulated and also help other people not be manipulated. And at least at the end of the day, you know, look at it. Look, not look at it as a black and white issue. Look at it not not like color wise, but like I'm saying, it's like right. this this candidate or that candidate. Look at like okay, what do I believe in? What am I gonna, you know? What am I gonna do? I don't know. Maybe the debates will happen, or, or maybe something will happen, and I'll, you know, I'll swing one way or the other way from, you know, Hillary or Trump. I mean, you know, but, you know, I just, I just, I wanna, I sort of like, and I think I'm like a lot of people right now. It's like I sort of want to wait for the discussion to, yeah. to happen and, and sort of see where that goes and decide where I am at the time. I mean, and the media too is supposed to be unbiased. Just like, right. I mean, we have jobs, we do stuff. We can't be watching what every candidate's doing at all time and making right. our own decision. We have yeah. to depend on them to, you know, yeah. 
um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of hoping that uh, that all this has opened some people's eyes and more people will pay attention locally to local government, what's going on, and actually vote every two years instead of just yeah. every four years. Yeah. And and also, like you said, with the internet, like we're watching them now. Like we, they can't get away with shit as easily. So right. I'm hoping this is like the big, you know, burst, and this will chill out a little bit, and people will realize that they can't get away with shit and hopefully people Let's just start hope, being accountable yeah. and well then at the end of the day too i just like, i gotta hope that there's not just like a total like right, collapse in civil war <laughs> and everyone just starts killing that's the end each of it, other right. yeah sweet well that's a nice little uh wrap up anything else you want to kind of push or plug or let people know about anything going on coming well, up well i mean i i have my own like little facebook show i started it's every thursday uh at 8 p.m pacific time on facebook live with me and uh Brooklyn Dom from Brooklyn Projects. Yeah, I saw that. So that's every that's it's supposed to be every Thursday at eight. We had we skipped a couple days, so we'll be back to this Thursday. And then, um, other than that, I mean, that's that's you know. Is there a main topic to it, or is it kind of just hanging out, <laughs> shooting the shit? Uh? Yeah, more shooting the shit. I mean, I you know I've known Brooke, I know Dom for you know a good like like maybe like 12 years now, 11 years. He was one of the first stores we ever sold to. And, uh-huh. you know, he's been in the game so long. And right. he's just super opinionated and, um, you know, and I can be as well. So it kind of stemmed from me just coming to his shop and I would just sit in the back and him and I would talk for a couple of hours just about the state of streetwear. A lot of it has to do with sort of the state of streetwear, the state of fashion, sort of what's going on on the internet. And then our other ideas, you know, we're bringing in guests. So, you know, last week we had Blake Anderson from Workaholics uh-huh. and, you know, we've been talking to some other people. Uh, Sweet. You know, like, um, so it, it's it, it's just, you know, kind of like just an hour-long, you know, off-the-cuff conversation yeah. live on Facebook. Um, yeah, and other than that, I mean, just, you know, we're – just keep, keep watch, I guess, because we're – you know, we are going through some changes right now, but hopefully, you know, we're going to come out the other yeah. end, like, on top. And I guess also, obviously, we talked about when I started my – dog Romy yeah he's back he's he back. got he got taken from us from our from our basically our front yard there's sort of a there's there's kind of a um you know the people that grabbed him said they were concerned about him but you know it was literally like minutes and you know at the end of the day it's like we got him back and That's just want to you know whoever's watching if you posted or you you know message me thank you because it, it really made me realize how important it is um for social media to to, you know how it could work and you know there's a lot of times where you there's a lot of times where you see people post things and you're like oh that person's posting it because they you know they want to be cool and like you know when this happened i'm like you know what who the fuck cares right help me help my dog yeah Yeah. i was just happy that people actually cared enough to post because you know at a certain point that's what really gets the word out there now you know all the advice that everyone gave me i did you know like I, i i put up flyers and i you know i did all this stuff right. but you know i i don't I, I think if it wasn't for the power of social media like he wouldn't have got back to us yeah. so soon puts the pressure on yeah sweet awesome cool. i appreciate you coming out yeah thanks dan killer